Welcome to Live with the Pricing Lady. I'm Janine, your hostess. This show is all about helping you build a sustainably profitable business while making an unbelievable impact on your world. Learn from my 20 plus years of experience and from my guests as we discuss their pricing challenges, failures, and successes. Pricing is a way of being or behaving in your business, and my mission is to help you confidently charge for the value you deliver. Pricing either hurts or helps your business. Let's make sure it's helping you reach your dreams. If you're loving this show, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to it. Share it with your friends and colleagues. And of course, if you'd like to find out more about how to work with me, head on over to thepricinglady.com and book a discovery call. In this episode of Live with the Pricing Lady, I sit down with Kate Gilbert, public speaking expert, and we talk about how the clarity of your message can impact pricing in your business. She shares with us her pricing journey and so much more. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the episode. So Kate, why don't you first start by introducing yourself? Sure. So I'm a public speaking coach. I've been doing that now for about six years. I started as an actor and I was actually quite terrified of public speaking myself for many years. And I decided that I needed to kind of grow my confidence. And so I put myself forward for lots of opportunities to speak and put myself on stage as much as I could and started to learn actually how to grow confidence basically through action but also through workshops and buddhism and all kinds of stuff that I did and then I had an opportunity to teach public speaking in schools years later Mm -hmm. and I was quite nervous about doing that but actually I found that I had some gift and an absolute talent for it and I was transforming hundreds of of young people in schools wow And, and when I left there I started working with adults and I've been doing that now for about three or four years Okay. Wow. Fantastic. What, what a journey. I, I myself also had, I had a rough start at the beginning when it came to public speaking and was able to, well, I always wanted, I always envied people who could be on stage and look like they were having fun. Mm-hmm. And so I joined Toastmasters with that goal in mind to enjoy public speaking and, and turned around things myself for myself as well. So I understand what that journey can be like and Kudos to you for turning that around and making it into a living of what you're doing today. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, some people are natural sort of extroverts and they really love it. And and others, it is really the scariest thing you could possibly do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Public speaking really is one of those things that can be very, very frightening for people. That's for sure. So, Kate, how did you decide to start your own business? Well, like I say, I was working in the school and I actually got made redundant because they just didn't have the funding anymore. They were paying me quite a lot. I was in three days a week as a specialist. And I'd been there for three years. And so when I came out of that, I thought, what am I going to do? I was also an actor, but my acting wasn't giving me a sustainable income, unfortunately. And I knew I had to do something else as well. And I was having a conversation with my brother and he said, well, you, you taught kids, so you, you can teach adults. And I was like, no, 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 it's totally different. I don't think it's the same thing at all. And he and he kept questioning me, going, how's it different? How's it different? <laughs> and, and then I just thought, yeah, okay, I think I might really enjoy that. 
And so I got my first client just by saying to someone that I was a public speaking coach and that I'd been doing it for three years, you know, in schools and I was looking for clients and her daughter was actually looking for someone to help her. So I went and worked with her. I think we did three sessions. She was doing a PhD in science. Mm-hmm. So it was quite funny because she was talking about all these really technical terms. And it was very scientific. And I was going, <laughs> okay, I have no idea what you're talking about, but I can tell you how you're delivering, how you're coming across. And let's work with that. Right. You right. Know? And, and that went really well. She gave me a great testimonial. And then I just started getting more and more clients from then. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well, sometimes it is a very organic process. And for other people, it's a very challenging decision to make to take that leap from having a paycheck into starting their own business. Yeah, of course. And and it's not, you know, I think you're right. For me, it was quite organic. And it did grow in a way where I was going, okay, I'm, people are coming to me, this is working. And then it gets to a point, but I was still teaching as well, I'm still doing bits of teaching here and there. And then it gets to a point where you kind of think, okay, now am I ready just to do this? Mm-hmm. And then it's a whole, as you know, being a business owner as well, it's a whole different ballgame. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> Kate, one of the questions I like to ask guests is when you first started your business and you had to set a price for what you were doing, what was that process mm-hmm. like for you? You know, that was really difficult for me because I'd also come from an acting background. And if you know anything about acting, unless you're doing big time stuff, you're often doing theatre work or mm-hmm. work or short films or something like that. And the money is not great. And so as a lifestyle thing, you start to kind of get used to not having that much money, but just about getting by. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to charging an hourly rate, I was kind of like, I've got no idea. I'd kind of do it for £10. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you were thinking point. about what you would pay for it, I would guess. Yeah, well, I had such a strange, well, a different relationship with money than, mm-hmm. than I do now. And when I started getting started working in corporates or with those people, I started realizing how low my relationship with money was in terms of my value mm-hmm. and what other people were actually getting paid. Right. So it's been, you know, and it has been a journey for me going, actually. I give loads of value to people. They get loads of worth. They get jobs out of it. They get clients out of it. Right. All of that kind of thing. And it's actually worth a lot more money to them than I'm putting on it. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think I think I've, I started the first one I did. I think I charged £60 in the end, which I thought was amazing at the time. And then obviously since then, I've realized that it's not actually sustainable for a business. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but it was a good start. And I felt like it wasn't so low that she wouldn't take me seriously. And mm-hmm. it wasn't too high that it made me feel uncomfortable at the time knowing that was my first adult client. Right, right. Very interesting. Yeah, everybody has a, a different journey and a different approach to how they started out with with the topic or with setting prices in their business. So I always find it very interesting to hear where people started and how they've developed in their own journey. Now, one of the things that we wanted to talk about today was clarity of message and how that relates then back into what someone can charge. So why don't you talk a little bit about the importance of being clear in your message? You know, it is clarity of message because particularly if you're talking about your business and you you know sometimes we overfill the plate for someone 
and mm-hmm. they've got to look around for where, where's the gold, where are the yummy bits in this? And it's making people think too much. Mm-hmm. So the more economical you can be for them in their thinking, the more likely they are to, you know, go up, get, get on board with, with what you're doing. So there's, you know, there's lots of things I think that, that people, people do. And also your general delivery and your confidence makes a difference because Mm -hmm. at the end of the day will buy people. So they're looking for, you know, can they have a good rapport with that person? Do they like them? Do they trust them? All those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And people shy away from getting personal or telling a personal story or their own journey into how they got into what they're doing. Mm -hmm. But what it actually does is it makes you relatable and people feel like they know you more and they're more likely to trust you. So it's, there's kind of simple things I think that people can do when they're talking about their business mm-hmm. to, to enroll people in what they're doing and want to want to sign up with them ultimately. Right. Right. So one of the things I recognize a lot, because I obviously, well, in the olden days before COVID, BC, when you would go to networking events and I'd introduce myself to someone new and eventually you'd ask them, what do you do? You get, I would get a lot of, oh, I'm just a coach or, oh, I'm just an accountant. Oh, I'm just a, I call it the the disease, just a, just a. a." And to me, you know, that's a, a really good example or a bad example, depending on your, on your perspective of how powerful or how not powerful your communication can be. And then if you extrapolate that, if someone says, I'm just a coach, now is that someone that you think, ooh, I want to work with this person? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think you've got to be really careful with language mm-hmm. because it's so powerful, you know, and we have to talk very confidently and with real conviction about what we're doing. I was working with some startups the other week, some entrepreneurs, and I was saying to them, even if you haven't been working at this business for a long time, you haven't got maybe the personal validation that what you're doing is brilliant, but look at what you've done, what you've trained in, where you are now, and be really confident in that. And you don't need to say, oh, I'm just new to this, or I'm just beginning, you know, because it does make a difference to how people perceive you. Mm-hmm. And actually, if you just talk about your your most your your qualities and the things you have done and done well, even if it's only one project, yeah, you know. And I think when I had that first conversation with this lady, and I, I don't actually think I said to her I only work with children. I think I, I'd kind of talked about public speaking and how I worked and things like that, so that she felt confident that I could work. With right. daughter. So, I mean, it depends on the, the rapport and relationship that you have with someone, how much you want to be honest about that. But if you're in a networking thing and you've only got one or two minutes to talk about it, I just talk about your strengths and really lean into that and do not apologize for yourself in any way. Yeah, I think that's a really important point, especially I think with women, they have a tendency to see their own faults very clearly, at least what they perceive to be their own faults, very clearly. I have to put that in quotes, right? And almost apologize for it in a lot of these conversations. Absolutely. And, you know, people are, you're asking people to part with their money, you know, so to kind of sit there. And I've seen so many women who I'm sure are absolutely brilliant at that job, and men as well, actually. But if they come across and they're like, oh, yeah, I just, you know, I work in this industry and it's nervy and they're using a lot of fillers and 
you're just like, okay. Or if they don't give enough information as well mm-hmm. to, to enroll you, then you're like, okay, you just, you do public speaking. Okay, fine. I know what yeah. you do. I think it can go in both directions. So you can say too little, but I think most, most of the cases I see or most of the times that I see people is trying to overcompensate and delivering too much information. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Actually, you know, another point I suspect particularly with elevator pitch is it's so worth sitting down and actually structuring it and spending some time with it because even it can be one of those things that you think, oh, I don't really know what to do or how to talk about. And I don't, I'm too nervous to talk about my company. So I'm just going to show up and I'm just going to spout some stuff. Mm-hmm. But in a way, you might as well not go to that meeting. Mm-hmm. That's what you're going to do. So it's, I, I absolutely recommend that people sit down and really think about how can I structure this? What can I say? What are my main points that are going to actually enroll someone? and give me credibility and them confidence in me rather than winging it and hoping that somebody will be like oh I feel really sorry for you but I yeah okay we'll work with you you know it's not going to work especially in the markets we're in where there's so you know there's so much competition right right and I think an important point an important point to make is that by preparing it's not necessarily memorizing something Mm -hmm. it is actually about making sure that the things that are most important are fresh in your mind so that when you do deliver it, you don't have to work so hard to come up with the things to say, right? Because you have this pool of information already kind of in your brain because you've taken, and it can be 15, 20 minutes. It can be two hours if you want, but you, you know, thinking about those things and thinking about, okay, for this, this group, this is what's most important to say. And when you take the time to do that, then you're more likely to get the next meeting with the investor. You're more likely to get the call with the prospect client or get the order from the client that you're, you're speaking to. And I think that that is a very important thing for people to remember. It's not about the memorization. It's more about the ideas and being able, being in a place to deliver the right messages. Yeah. I mean, I was on a networking group a few weeks ago and we were put in networking, we were put in breakout rooms about four times mm-hmm. to do our elevator pitches to each other. And I noticed by the third time that, and I actually didn't know this was happening either. So I hadn't really prepared, but like you say, I'd already known my stuff. So I was able to think, what are the stories I'm going to use in this very quickly? And by the fourth time, I realized that there were three people who had been on every single room I'd been in. <laughs> and I thought, okay, I cannot say the same thing again. So I changed, I took a completely different angle that I'd never actually said before either. I was kind of inspired by what someone said in the last breakout room. I thought, oh, that really works. Mm-hmm. And so I've gone on that angle. And then at the end of it, someone said, are there any questions? And someone asked me a question. And then three other women put their hand up and said, Kate, I'd really love to speak to you. And I just noticed how changing the pitch sometimes mm-hmm. can help. If it's not working, if you're not getting people put their hand up at the end and want to speak to you, try something different. Yeah. And, you know, you might you might hit on something that works. Yeah. Yeah. Earlier this year, I was in an an event where we went through sort of pitching rounds where you were it was a Zoom and then you were in Zoom rooms with like four or five people and then a moderator and you pitched and the moderator gave feedback. And then we did it again and did it again. And then we had a pitch off in the end. And it was really interesting to keep having to 
adapt based on the feedback, but then also recognizing that, you know, some of the people have already heard this. How do we do that? So I think to come back to how this relates then to, you know, the clarity of your message then relates back into what you can charge or how you can charge. Mm -hmm. All of these things are very much tied in, in my opinion. And so I'm curious, we're going to start wrapping this up in the moment, but I'm curious, you know, what can people really do in order to have that clarity and message? Yeah, I think watch other people Mm -hmm. kind of really observe what's working, what isn't working, Mm -hmm. then go back to your own pitch or however you speak about your company when you are talking about it and really just sit down and think what what can I say about this how can I hook them in that first Mm -hmm. in that first line what have I got a great client story that I can talk about it's going to say so much about my business that I don't have to say what I'm doing or how I work I just give a brilliant example you know and what's my call to action at the end Mm -hmm is that's also people are missing that because they kind of go, oh, here's my amazing speech and now I'm going to run away, you know, and it's that thing of please don't run away, just stay with your audience <laughs> let them know everything that you can give them that's going to yeah. help them decide whether you're the right person and then give them the call to action. How do they get in, in touch with you? How does it, what's mm-hmm. the next step? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because people do need feeding that a little bit. Yeah. If you don't say it, they won't necessarily think to get in touch with you. Right. And it's also important to remember that's very, very good. I I like that. It's also important to remember that not every you may be pitching your business, but if you're pitching it to a client, to an investor, to a partner, those are different pitches. And your call to action may be the same, have a meeting with me, or let's do business or what, you know, whatever the call to action is, but that doesn't mean that you would give the same pitch in all three cases. And so it's important to think about the context in which you're delivering that message. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as you said before, you don't want to be just on rote, this kind of robotic sales pitch mm-hmm. you know, type of thing. So it does need to be spontaneous and you do need to think, who's this audience? What is it they're going to be interested in that's going to relate to what they want? Mm-hmm. And then talk about that thing. Yeah, excellent. So Kate, we need to start wrapping this up here. What is the one thing you would like people to remember from our conversation today? I think it's just that, yeah, your language is important and how you show up and how you present yourself does make a difference in whether people are going to want to work with you or not Mm -hmm. or take you seriously. So really do practice, do sit down and think about how you talk about your business. Go from there. Good luck, really. (laughs) Okay, excellent. And if you had advice to people who are starting out their own business, so maybe something that you know now that you didn't know then, but boy, you wish you did, what would you share with them? I think, you know, I spent a lot of time on my website, actually, and it took me ages to get it up online and get going. And I would just say, when you're starting, just don't worry too much about, don't worry about things being perfect. You know, even with the elevator pitch, you know, when you're starting out, people will forgive you a little bit. And again, you know, your pricing and who you are, it will kind of mirror mm-hmm. where you are as well. So make sure that you're just sharpening up your skills as you go. But when you're starting out, give yourself a little bit of 
what's the, what's the word friend friendly friendly chat really you know <laughs> you can be quite negative and quite critical in our right. mind so it's about just being a little bit gentle and generous mm-hmm. with yourself and just remembering to be curious and that we're exploring and you yeah. will learn and you will get better and it will get easier yeah i love that i love that be kind to yourself i think that's very good advice and very good words of wisdom let's say <laughs> Kate, if people want to find out more about how to work with you, where shall they go? They can go to my website, which is kategilbert.co.uk. Mm-hmm. There you have it. Schedule a call with me there or just have a look. And, and- okay. And I will also add that into the show notes, everyone, and to the comments below. So if you want to reach out to Kate, you don't have to look too hard for the link. It'll be in those areas. Kate, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate having you on the show. It's been good fun. Thanks so much, Janine. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to this episode of Live with the Pricing Lady, the podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, rate, review, and subscribe to it, then share it with your friends and colleagues. I love hearing back from you listeners. If you've got comments, questions, or topic ideas, go on over to thepricinglady.com and contact me there. Not sure where to start when it comes to improving pricing and profits? At thepricinglady.com, you can download a copy of my self-assessment pricing scorecard. Find out where it's going well and where you can begin improving. Or just simply book a discovery call with me. There we can discuss what's up with pricing in your business and how I might be able to help you. Thanks once again for joining. Remember, pricing can hurt or help your business. Let's make sure it's helping you reach your dreams. See you next time. And as always, enjoy pricing.